You're seated, if you would, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 16. We're going to read Acts chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 16. When you have it, please say amen. Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 16. The Bible tells us, It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us who was bringing her master's much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out at that very moment. Jump down to verse 22. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stocks. But midnight, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, which is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray at this moment you would open the ears of your congregation to be able to receive your word and let it be a seed sown in good ground, and you would use me as an instrument for your honor, for your glory, once again, to minister your word to your people. We pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Tonight, we're going to talk about, look what happens when you pray. Has anyone here ever prayed before? Praise the Lord. I do this every Sunday morning with our children in, in, our, in our Kids Away ministry program. I ask them the question, Who, what is prayer? They say, talking with God. That's what we start off with. And then I ask them, who can do that? They say, everyone. So tonight, be encouraged that as we pray, it's something you are able to do. It's a God-given privilege for us to be able to speak to God. How many of you have ever heard God speak? Amen. And if tonight... If one of you have not heard God speak, let's change that tonight, shall we? Let's make tonight where if you've never heard God's voice, you can hear him here tonight at Kingsway Church. We're going to talk a lot about what happens whenever we decide to pray. And the many life situations that we have, the best thing you can do is decide to pray. Decide to talk to God about every aspect about what is about to happen in your life. And please forgive me for what I'm about to compare prayer to. I'm going to comp compare prayer to working out. Does anyone here like to work out? It's okay. <laughs> Here's why prayer is like working out. For two reasons, there are those alone prayers that you have with God, those things that only you can share with God, and you have those incredible times of prayer, whether it be your prayer closet at home or whether it be in your living room. Those are those things that you share with God. Whenever you go exercise, it's, it's good for you to sometimes go on your own. That is 100% fine. And then there's those, there's, there's a group prayer. How many of you love to pray in groups together? 
That's where you unite together under the blood of Jesus Christ, push your petitions together, y'all share them with one another, and y'all bring them back before God. How do we know that? Well, according to the scripture, where two or three are gathered in agreement, there's the promise. He will be there in the midst of them. So that's why we encourage y'all to pray to pray together within your small groups. That's why from time to time we will pray together here at Kingsway Church because there is incredible power when God's people come together to pray. Do you believe that this evening? The reason why I compare group prayer, group prayer to working out is because you have, to, you have to understand that whenever you work out, you're going to need a spotter from time to time. And if you're, ever lifting, if you're ever lifting a bar that's way too much for you to lift, thank God you have the spotter there. Otherwise, the bar's going to come and it's going to stop you from breathing for a little bit. That's what the spotter is for. And you will notice that as you, as you have the spotter there, they're, they're picking the bar up with you. They're supporting you. Well, friend, as you start to work out more, what happens? You start to get a little bit stronger. Well, what do you think happens when you start to pray more? You start to get spiritually stronger. And y'all can begin to handle more weight together. So you will notice tonight that Paul and Silas, they were dealing with a lot of weight tonight. They were dealing with a lot of weight. And I want you to see what happens whenever you pray. First thing that happens when you pray, you will be challenged. Usually I would so we'll start, start off with something, start off with something encouraging, but that is something to be encouraged about. That whenever your faith is being challenged, it show, it's, the, it's the enemy saying, I know they're trying to push up against whatever I'm, whatever I'm trying to do. But whenever you are standing firm in Jesus Christ, what can stand against you? The Bible tells us there is nothing. Let's take a look at verse 16. Paul it says here, It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her master's much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. You have to, you have to understand here that... This woman, yes, she was proclaiming that they were men of the gospel. But at the same time, what did the scripture tell us that she was? She was a fortune teller, and she was bringing much fortune to her masters by spreading those types of things around people in that, in that region. And, of course, Paul would be annoyed by this because God is not the kind of God that he would want to mix lies with truth. That's the enemy's role, is that he'll try to turn around God's words in your life so that that way you cannot hear God's voice. How do we know this? In the very beginning of Scripture, he, he, told, he told Eve, did God really say you should not eat of this fruit? And all he does is instill doubt in you so that way you can turn away from God. And, you, and some people might say, wait, but she was declaring that they were men, men of the gospel. Why wouldn't we want that? Well, it's also possible she was being a disruption. You have to be very careful about those kind of things. What if, as I'm teaching right now, there was a random person just yelling, he's a minister, every five minutes? I'm sure we would all join Paul and say, that's getting a little annoying. And what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to disrupt his word, so that way he's trying to distract us from what God's word really says about what we're supposed to be doing at that very moment. That's why we have to be on the alert at any given moment of what the enemy is trying to do. At any given moment, you have the authority, just like Paul did, to say, I cast you out in Jesus' name, and the Spirit left immediately. You have, that same, you have that same authority that Paul has because Jesus Christ has called you to be ministers of the gospel. Are there any ministers of the gospel in the house tonight? 
And let me also say this, that once God gives you your authority, the devil does not need to confirm it. You don't need the devil to say, oh, he's a minister. God's already called us ministers filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. So we do not need the enemy to come, to, to come and try and remind us because the enemy's going to try to steal your identity. He's going to try to end up saying, yes, they're a minister, but I'm going to get them here soon. They're speaking the word now, but they're going to be, but they're going to be talking against it here soon. Those are things the enemy tries to do because he's trying to hinder your faith. And the more room we give him, the more room, the more room we are taking, we, we are taking away from ourselves to be able to trust God. Do you have a desire to trust God with all that you have? Then I have to tell you, you're going to be challenged in it. And you have to be very careful who you even let, in, let encourage you, friend. I'm being very honest with you because the Bible tells us, Jesus said himself, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Friend, that does not mean that everyone who, everyone who says Jesus Christ is a minister. I promise you that. So you have to evaluate exactly who you have around you and see, and see what kind of company you have. Paul and Silas together were about to endure a very, a very terrible trial together. And they could have responded in a, very, in, in a very terrible way, and we would have understood that. They were about to be sent into prison, as the scripture just told us. But how did, they, how did they respond? Well, I'm going to ask you the same thing. How, would you, how, are you going, how are you going to respond whenever you are being challenged? Are you going to pray? Are you going to thank God because you have the victory anyway? Or are, you going to, are, are we going to complain about the trial that we're in? Let's be honest. Nobody cares when we complain, do they? But God hears you when you pray. And that is the assurance that you need that every time you're in the middle of any type of trial in your life, that God will hear you even in the midst of the darkness you are in. Job, uh, John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus Christ said, These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Why is Jesus reminding you of that? Because, because he did it, you can do it too. You can have victory in your everyday walk in this life. This should be something that you would want for every moment of your life, even while you're sleeping. How many of us know it's not, it doesn't feel good to wake up when we've had, when we've had a bad dream, right? It kind of stays with us through the, through the entire day. Or well, even, in, even in the nighttime, at the midnight hour, you can still have God watching over you, and you, you can even sleep in faith. You can rest in faith. How many of us want to rest in faith? David said this in Psalm chapter 3, verse 6. He said, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. Wow. Thousands of men round about. He said, I will not be afraid. Now, why is he, why is he, why is he saying it like that? He's declaring his faith in God, knowing that all the world could be up against me. But if God be for me, who can be against me? There is absolutely nothing that can shake you, friend. Not the evil principalities of this world, not the devil and his tactics to try to make you fall, not even your own self-image. Friend, we are our biggest critic. And sometimes we are the ones who challenge ourselves the most. Can you really do this? You're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're having an argument with yourself. Can we really get this done? But there's God intervening and said, you can get this done because I have called you to get the job done. I have often had people ask me, do I really have a spot in the kingdom of God to help build it? Yes, you do. 
It doesn't mean it's going to be behind a pulpit. It doesn't mean it's going to be playing an instrument. Some of you are small group leaders. Some of you are ministering there at your home. And I thank God for each and every one of you that are doing that. Some of you are ministering there, there, there at the grocery store whenever the opportunity opens up. The parking lot, someone needs to hear about Jesus Christ. You're there and you are making it happen. And God bless all of you for your work. Because here's what I need you, here's what I need you to understand is that there may be struggle along the way, but all of us in some way, shape, or form, there's a struggle happening, and we need to be there to support one another, even in the midst of the struggles that we are in. Because we believe that God that God that God is going to be with us. Yes? How, how many of you know there's an audience everywhere you go? They're constantly watching how you're responding to life, to life situations, and honestly speaking, they're the first ones to call you out on it. Why? Because they're, they're looking. They may not know. That they, you may not know that they're looking, but friend, they're looking. Friend, keep your testimony strong. Keep your faith strong. That's what God made you. That's what God made you to be. And sometimes we can get so comfortable behind the statement, but I'm only human. But he's God. What's stronger than him? Whenever he has called you, it doesn't matter how human you are. It doesn't matter how many times you've fallen because God has sent his grace upon grace to lift you back up every single time as long as you would, as you would believe. Joshua chapter 1, God, uh, God told Joshua three times to be strong and of good courage and know that I am with you. Three times God promised it there. And that's not even including the whole Bible where God promised he is going to be, he is gonna be with, with his people it's not as if you have some friends in your life or there's people in your life. They're with you at the high moments, but they're not with you at the low moments. You need some people who are going to be with you every moment in between, saying, I'm going to pray with you, I'm going to believe with you, and we're going to confront this together. I believe God, and you're going to believe God too. Let's pray. That's, those are the kind of people you need in your life. You need a strong encouragement in your life, and Paul and Silas were the definition of this. Take a look. Take a look at what's going on in verse in, ver, in verse 22. It says the crowd rose up against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stock. They're bound. They're beaten. And their clothes have been ripped to shreds. They could have every right to say, God, where were you when I needed you? But no. How did they respond? The second point. Go to, ver go to verse 25 there of Acts chapter 16. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. That's why I say everybody is always listening. They're always watching. The second thing, you must choose to worship you must choose to worship even in the hardest struggle that you are in Paul and Silas they had been severely beaten their, la their legs were chained and they were thrown into the dungeon the deepest part of the prison and to the other prisoners they could see the entire situation happening right there it must have looked like a hopeless situation let's be honest how many, how many of you ever felt like you were in a hopeless situation well there's good news there is good news in Jesus Christ, there is no such thing as hopeless. There's good news whenever it comes to Jesus Christ is that he will always be there with you. Even in their most hopeless of time, Paul and Silas made the decision to praise God in the midst of it. And as they were praising him, a rumble started to happen. Maybe you ever felt the rumbling start to happen when you start to praise God. 
It's like the walls around you are tearing down. The victory is coming. That's what I hear. Whenever we're worshiping together, that's the sound that you're hearing of walls tearing down, the enemy's attacks being shut down, and victory is on the way. Do you believe it tonight? Go to the next verse. It says, And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were unfastened. Let's see why that, why that is such an important aspect to see. For one, here's why you have to choose to worship. Your freedom may be the one thing to make a difference in somebody else's life. You may think, how is that? How does my story affect somebody else's? There may be people around you that you didn't even know about that are dealing with the same situation that God gave you victory in, and God is going to use you to speak life into them. You'd be surprised how many people are going through the same scenario you went through. And a lot of times it can feel like whenever we're in that dark place and nobody's ever felt like this. Oh, yes, they have. And by God's grace, there have been people that have walked right out of there. And so that way they can share the message of victory with somebody else. That's what all of you have. Each of you have a different story about how God pulled you out of something. I don't know what. I don't know how severe. But by the grace of God, I see all of you here. You're still breathing, so therefore you still have a purpose here. There's people that still need to hear the message of the gospel, and they are going to hear it because of you. And whenever they look at you, they're going to think, I don't know how they did it, but it could have only been by God's grace. Is anyone here standing by God's grace? Take a look. Take a look at what happened next. The next thing that happens whenever you pray is that prison doors open. Verse 27. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. Basically, this man had one job. His job was to make sure none of the prisoners were to escape. I'm not sure how it works in a prison unit if that if one escapes, I'm sure it's a pretty terrible situation. But I can't imagine how it would be if all of the inmates, their doors were just to burst open. The reason why he was getting ready to kill himself is because, according to the law in that region, if a prisoner were to escape, the person who was supposed to be watching them, they were going to receive the same punishment as them. So in his mindset, I might as well just take care of myself now before I have to endure what they're, what, what they're going to make me endure. And friend, I'm going I'm to be honest with you again. There's people even in here where the enemy has tried to whisper thoughts of suicide into your life because, because he's trying to make you think, that this life is too hard for you to live. You need to just let it go now. There's no, ch there's no chance of victory. Well, I'm going to go ahead and speak against that voice of suicide right now. In Jesus' mighty name, it is not welcome here. And for anyone that is watching, if the enemy is trying to whisper suicide, we break and bind it. In Jesus' mighty name, we declare hope. We declare hope where there, where, where there is no hope at all. In Jesus' mighty name. Paul, being led by the Spirit, realized the same exact thing. And this is why you need to be spiritually aware of every situation that's happening around you. And you'd be surprised there are some situations that slip by us. But if you decide to be led by the Spirit in all, in all that you do, you will watch how we will tell you you need to pray for them. You need to help them. Go and sit down and talk to them. Ask them how their, how their day is going. You'd be surprised what a simple question will do. It'll open up a an endless box of things that somebody's going through. And sure enough, you were called to be that voice of reason for that very moment. And friend, there is no, there is no greater feeling than knowing that you, have been, you are being used by God. That's the best feeling. You could have all the money in the world. You could have all the friends in the world. You could own the most land in the world. But if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. But once you have Jesus... 
you have everything you could ever need, and then more. More. More than what you, more than what you could ever need. The Bible tells us, it tells us that there was a man, he actually wrestled with God. And he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. So friends, it's time to grab on to God and say, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm going to fight the faith. I'm going to worship. And I'm not going to let the situations in life overcome me. Oh, minister friends of mine. I'm calling, you, I'm calling you all ministers because each of you have the word of life in your heart. Go to those places where it's dry. Speak to your family members that need to know about who Jesus Christ is. Speak to the lost. They need to hear the message of the gospel. And until Jesus Christ comes, that, let that be our first priority, is to reach them from the youngest to the oldest. You know what happens whenever you start to pray, friend? The next point here, others accept Christ. Go to verse 28. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself. We are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wow, what a beautiful scene it must have been. The person who was trying to keep them in prison was now coming to them for freedom. Isn't that just an, incre just an, just an incredible picture? And I could imagine the same thing happened whenever Paul himself accepted Christ. The book of Acts tells us that whenever Paul was on, was on his way to a place called Damascus, he had an incredible encounter with Jesus Christ. And keep in mind, Paul wasn't going to Damascus to minister. He was going there to persecute other Christians almost in the same way that, that he himself and Silas were getting persecuted at this very moment. But then on his way there, he heard a voice say, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And I believe that the prison guard was having that same kind of experience is that he saw God's hand moving even in the prison. And he, and he was saying, this has to be God. I remember, I remember a couple years ago on a, on a mission trip to Guatemala, they took, a, they took us to this place called The Line. And The Line is a legal place of prostitution and drug trafficking. And they said, we're going to go there and we are going we are, we are to minister to people there. And I said, okay, let's go. And originally the pastors we went with were a little hesitant just because of how dangerous the area was. But by God's grace, we were able to go to, the, go to that place. It was an abandoned train station, and the rooms there were, you, were, were, were used for very, very immoral acts. And you would, be, you, you would be surprised as we were going to minister to people, the, a room that the enemy was trying, was trying to use for heavy immoral acts. People were receiving salvation in those rooms because they were finally hearing the name of Jesus Christ in a way that had never been discussed before. So if it can happen there, why can't it happen anywhere else? We had every reason not to be there, but even in that dark place, God's light was going to shine anyway. Wouldn't you know that light, God's light can overpower any darkness. So what was happening here, what was happening there in the prison, friend? What was happening is that the, the doors opened up, the guard felt the shake, and he went to check and then he thought, he, he thought they were all gone. And so he thought the only thing to do was to kill himself. But then Paul said, stop, we're here. And he goes and he, and he goes and asks them, what must I do to be saved? And I believe if there's anybody here that is, that is hearing this tonight, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, this is your night. 
you don't want to wait a moment. If you want to ask any, any person who is filled with Jesus Christ, if you ask us what, would we have waited, the answer is going to be no. The answer is we wish we would have done it sooner. But by God's grace, he caught us. He didn't let us fall, but he caught us before, before, we, could get, before we could get what people would think is outside of his grasp. And their simple answer, their simple answer was this in, ver- in verse 31. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. I like that promise, don't you? That's always a struggle, is that there's always going to be someone within your reach, within your household that doesn't believe like you do. Does that mean that you should give up? Of course not, because God has not called you to give up. He's called you to keep being alive. Yes, we get frustrated, yet we get irritated, yet we get annoyed like Paul does. We're going to say, I declare that the lying voice of the devil is going to come out of them, and then they're going to accept Jesus Christ. Keep praying for your family, friend. It will happen. It will happen that they will come to know Jesus Christ. It will happen that you will see them worship. But you cannot stop sharing the message of the gospel with them. Say, but I've, ta- I've talked to them twice a week for the past 10 years. Well, keep talking for another 10. It just might happen, okay? Don't give up. What if Jesus Christ would have looked down and said, no. We would not be here right now, friend. We will not have this privilege. But by Jesus Christ saying, yes, I will go and take away the separation between God and man, do we have this fellowship today? We are in God's arms, and there's nothing that can pull us out of his grasp. So this assurance that we have whenever someone someone asks us, how is it that you live about your every day with a smile? said, it's all because of Jesus and my life. (laughs) They... Somebody, have you ever asked somebody the question, how are you doing? And then they just unload all their problems. But then at the very end, but God is so good. (laughs) They know it, even in the midst of their struggle, God is still so good. A man who lived that example, I believe we can agree with that, was was Emmanuel Chano Garcia. Can Can we all agree with that? That man in the midst of every single one of his struggles, he always had a smile on his face. And even where, even in, in the hospitals that he was placed in, he felt like his mission was to spread the message of the gospel there to people who felt like they had no hope. What a faith to have, isn't it? I believe that's the kind of faith that Paul, that Paul and Silas had as well, is that even if God wasn't going to rescue them from that prison, they were going to keep praising him anyway. I don't know what kind of circumstance you had whenever you walked in, whenever you walked into this room, but I'm going to make you this promise. You don't have to, you don't have to walk out with that same circumstance. Maybe say, but it's going to be just as ugly when I leave. But yes, but now you're going to have the faith that needed to confront that mountain in front of you. You're going to have the strength and grace that's needed to overcome it. So how do I do that, friend? Just worship him. Just give him thanks for, give him thanks for what he's done in your life. I was sharing with the young people this past Monday night about three men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who were being per- who were being persecuted because it was against the law for them for them to serve God and they were even told that they needed to serve the king's god. Now one of the men said, "Oh king, we will not stop praising God and he will rescue us." The reason why the reason why they needed to be rescued is because the punishment was going to be thrown in a fiery furnace. And their response to that is God's going to rescue us from that and even if he doesn't we will not bow down. 
Friend, that's the mentality we need to have against the enemy is that even if everything else crumbles around me, even if I go home and all my stuff is gone, even if I go to my work tomorrow and I don't have a job, I will not bow down to what the enemy has, but I will believe God that something greater is on the way. That's what you need is that something greater is on the way. Friend, I understand life gets really hard. There are those days where you just have to sit down and cry for a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's really good for you, for you, for you to do. I and mean, I'm going to be a little honest with you. There have been some, there have been some moments in, in my life, even most recently, where I would try to put this mask on saying, I'm good, I'm good, after something, something, that, something not so good hap, uh, happened. And I would say, I'm good, I'm good. And thankfully, like I said, you need some faith-based people around you, right? There's people who would know there's a lot more happening in between those two words, I'm good. Say, what's going on? I'm good, I'm good. And finally, we would get to the root of the problem, and I would try, and I, and I would try, and I would try to say, uh, I feel like if I say it enough, then I'll start to believe it. Well, friend, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, the problem's still going to be there, but it's how you react to the problem. You can't pretend it's not there, neither, and neither can I. So I have to believe that God is working on me from the inside out so that that way, no matter what battle I'm in, I will still be able to say, he's with me. Like I said, I don't know what kind of, what kind of circumstance you've been through, but I can promise you, you can walk right out of it. And you can show other people, I was there, but now I'm here. I was in a low place, but now I'm in a high place. And why? Because I prayed. Because you what? Yes, I prayed. You talk. What does that mean? I talked to God. Well, how long do you have to do that in order to get out of this kind of circumstance? You just need to have faith, friend. That's all you need is just you need to be able to believe God for the impossible. The impossible are things that you cannot see with your own eyes, but they're possible with God. With God, all things are possible. The scripture tells us that. So that's your sure promise. You may say, well, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Well, stranger things have happened, friend. One of the strangest things that happened was that we had, there was a man who walked this earth, claimed to be the son of God. And whenever he died at the age of 33, he died on a cross, fulfilling, fulfilling every single prophecy in the Old Testament about him. And then three days later, he rose again. Only one man did that, and that was Jesus Christ. And it only took one. It took him to give us that victory, to give us that right to say that our God is not dead, but he is still alive. And I believe that's exactly why Paul and Silas were, had that faith-based mindset as well, is that even though we're in prison, God's going to open these doors. We're not, but he is. That's the, key, that's the key to getting out of the circumstances, that you can't open the door on your own. Basically, you cannot do life on your own. You were never meant to. But once you give God full control of your life, you will watch exactly how doors that you thought were never going to open, open. Ways that you... That never thought that could be open, have opened up. You know, in Texas, in the state of Texas, this is a very rare privilege that we have as a state, but there's some of our highways that are allowed to go 85 miles per hour. Do y'all like those highways? <laughs> and it gets frustrating whenever people are going like 70 in an 85, and you're like, come on, go faster. <laughs> Friend, don't let anybody else's circumstance stop you from going the full, the full way that you need to go. Go as fast as you need to go, pray as, hard as you, pray, pray as hard as you need to, and get there. And watch how miracles are going, to, are going to open up. 
As you begin to share the message of the gospel with others, notice that's a miracle, friend. Because the bondages they were in, they must have thought it was hopeless to be there. But once they accepted Jesus Christ, the change just broke off. And that was God's doing. So you may think, okay, well, what do we do after, after such a thing? Go ahead and look at, go ahead and look at verse 32. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in the house. Who were in the house? The prisoners were there as well. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds. Immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. That didn't seem like a reality, but just a few moments ago, this man was about to kill himself. But then he accepted Jesus, and now he's getting baptized. And he's ready to share the message with somebody else. Don't ever look at anybody and say their situation is hopeless. We once thought we were, in a, we were in a hopeless situation, but then God intervened. So then what do we keep doing? Verse 34, and he brought them into the house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. What was once a prisoner was now a household of faith for those who had just believed. And wouldn't you know it, we're in a household of faith as well because we were all bound to a prison at one point in our life. We didn't know where the key was to our shackles, but then came Jesus Christ carrying the key and he opened it up and he said, you have been set free and free indeed. That is what you have. So this is not a prison. This is a place of freedom and we're going to celebrate that freedom tonight. Tonight, friend, you can accept J Jesus Christ. If you haven't, this is the best thing that you can do in life. And knowing that there's freedom in accepting Jesus. And for those of you that may say, well, I feel like I'm in the prison right now. I've accepted Christ, but I feel like I'm in the prison. Friend, all you have to do is believe that he has the key to open it up and watch the door open. There's freedom in God. And there is no fear in what he has done for us. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, please. We're going to say two prayers tonight. For anyone here within the sound of my voice, I'm going to ask you the most important question that I could ever ask you, I promise you. You may be thinking, keep talking about God, you keep talking about Jesus, keep talking about freedom. Who is that? Who is Jesus? Well, friend, freedom is Jesus Christ and he's God's only son. The Bible tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, would have everlasting life. And that can be yours tonight. You may be thinking, well, I'm not sure if I've accepted Christ. Well, tonight is the night you can be sure of that. You can say, I want to accept Jesus Christ right now. And you will see how everything is just going to start turning around. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if there's anyone here within the sound of my voice that would say, I would say, I would like to accept Jesus Christ tonight. I just want you to raise your hand ju just like that. I see you, bud. Praise the Lord. I think we can thank the Lord that someone's deciding to accept Jesus tonight. Here's, here, here's what we're going to do. Come on up here, brother. Come and stand right here. I'm going to ask one of the elders to come pray with him. 
give them the prayer and give them the prayer of salvation. And now I'm going to speak. I'm, I'm speaking to you as a con, as a congregation. You may be thinking, I'm in the prison now. I'm in a battle right now. I don't know how to find the key. I keep praying, but I feel like I'm not, I'm not hearing anything. I'm not receiving freedom. Well, friend, tonight you can receive that freedom in Jesus' name. No matter what kind of battle you're in, you can come and lay it down at the feet of Jesus Christ and receive your freedom. I'm going to ask you, if you feel like you're in that battle tonight, don't even have, have a second thought about it, but come, in, but come and join us here at the altar. Come and lay it down at the feet of Jesus Christ and watch him as he begins to move, as he begins to move in your life. Father, we acknowledge it's by no other name do we have freedom, but it's by you and everything you've done for us. By sending your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, do we have victory. And by allowing for him to rise again three days later, do we have victory over life and death? Oh, Lord, we desire your freedom in this place. Church, there where you are, just begin to lift up your hands and thank him for this victory that you have. The enemy can't rob it away from you. The world can't tear it away. The enemy can't put doubt into your heart. This is yours. This is your victory. All you have to do is receive it. Receive it by faith, say, God, no matter the circumstance, I will trust you. I will believe you at your word because you are God and you are good.